Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name is Tommy Hay and I'm joined in Madrid by the Editor-in-Chief of GSFN, Kieran Quayle. It's been another interesting week here in Spain. Uh, Real Sociedad are top of the table uh, after three straight wins. Uh, Josep Maria Bartomeu has resigned as president of Barca. Granada capped off a, m- a magnificent week for themselves in Europe with a great win away to Sevilla. And uh, Atletico maintained their unbeaten run in La Liga uh, with a 2-0 win over Manuel Pellegrini's Real Betis. So lots of stuff to talk about, Kieran. Are you sitting comfortably? You're a little bit cold in this room. Um, I'm okay now, Tommy. I've got myself sorted. That was a fine cup of tea you made. It was. Did you like my technique of leaving the tea bag? Well, you leave the tea bag in, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's just something I got from my mother. That's good. Uh, couple of years now, tea bag in, little, little bit of milk, and especially in the winter months, just a little bit of milk. That's it. Uh, keeps you, keeps you taking over. Solid. Excellent. Well, tea bags aside, uh, the weekend's big game, and the place where we should probably start is uh, Real Madrid's three-one win uh, away in the Clasico. It was a couple of days ago now it was it was last weekend but uh, we still have to talk about it um was this a surprise for you because i think barca were maybe slight favorites going into it yeah so i think we we predicted goals we got that one right but we we both expected barca to win because zidane had lost to on the bounce Cadiz and Shakhtar Donetsk but hindsight's great and when you look back you know zidane needed that win and his job was questioned. It normally happens when you lose one and especially two games at Real Madrid, you get questioned and lots of reports come out of, oh, he's going to get sacked and he and he's going to go. It happened last year with Galatasaray in the Champions League. He needed to go there and get a win. That's right. And Zidane normally stays calm and gets his win. Um, and Tony Cruz came out this week and he said, we're, we're totally behind Zidane despite all the criticism and everything and, and we're as much to blame. And like he has huge respect from the players. Um, obviously a couple of issues with Gareth Bale that's that's another story mm. but I mean in general the, the team really likes him he's a club legend and he's won Champions League and Champions Leagues and La Liga titles there so I think he, he will always have the support of the players yeah. uh, and he got a, a crucial win you said last week as well that he knows how to do it at the camp now and he did it again He he's got a great record there and Koeman that was his first Clasico Come out after the game, and he was obviously devastated with the with the result and the VAR controversy that we normally have to go through. He was very angry, wasn't he? Mm. He said, um, "From memory, he said it was. It seems to only be VAR when uh, when when it goes against Barcelona." And he, he highlighted like in the five games, a couple of decisions that have gone against him. He mentioned the Sevilla game and things like that. Mm. Now that aside, I think Madrid probably did deserve to win this game. Just I think they 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 went out with the. Uh, they went out with a good game plan they started well and um, the game itself was fantastic I really really enjoyed it and a lot of people had already written it off as being the worst classical in uh, in recent memory which I think it just goes to show that a lot of these pundits don't have a clue what they're talking about because <laughs> it was good a lot of good individual match um, matchups I thought Dest versus Vinicius was very exciting mm. um, I thought Fatty did well well, the young guys in the in, in the first half did did really well, but second half was a, a story of of the of the veterans Ramos and oh. uh, and Modric and stuff. So I thought it was a great game, um, both sides. Is everything you would want from a Clasico, apart from the fact that the fans weren't there. But mm. you know we're going to be saying this every week that the yeah. fans aren't there. But I thought it was it was a really really good uh, good game. Did you think it was a penalty? <sighs> when, right? So basically. It, Talk us through it. What what happened, and then I'll give you my opinion. Basically, it was it was a it was a pull in the shirt. Yeah, long lay on Ramos. Yeah, 
Now, when you look at it live, it looks pretty theatrical, doesn't it, from, mm. from Ramos? Like, he, he does jump. There's obviously a clear tug of the shirt, but he jumps. Um, and definitely has more balance than, than what he showed. But because of VAR, if there's contact like that and he's nowhere near the ball, it's going to be it's going to be given. I think previously with Novar, the ref just waves it on. The ref doesn't even see it, perhaps. Yeah. So you can see why VAR gives it. And you can also see why Coleman's raging. Yeah. Because he's been there prior to VAR and he knows that Ramos has, has taken a punt and he's gotten what he what he was looking for. Mm. Gets his penalty, Ramos doesn't miss penalties and then it's 2-1 before you know it to Real Madrid. Yeah, that's it. That's basically my opinion. Three three years ago, that's not a stonewall penalty. Mm. It's not. It's, it's a dive, actually, by Ramos. He throws himself to the ground when he doesn't have to. However, when they go to VAR, he's got to give it. Like Longley clearly pulls his shirt and you can't ignore that. Yeah, Longley was raging, but don't pull his shirt. Yeah, just daft. Like yeah. you know, it's like it's, and and you know, like we were sitting watching it together. Mm. It was like as soon as he went to VAR, I was like, "It's, it's going to be a penalty. It has yeah. to be a penalty." Yeah. If he pulls his shirt, so. Ramos is wise. He know he knows what he's at. Yeah, he and does get he does kind of lean into him as well. He, he sort of provokes Longley to to do what he does, and yeah. he's he's used that trick before. Um, yeah. and and it works for him. And obviously, steps up and scores as we expect him to. Yeah. It was it was strange with no fans. I think obviously ninety thousand fans for one of the biggest games mm. in the world or the biggest game in football. Um, with no fans, obviously isn't the same. But it was an electric start with two goals inside eight minutes. Uh, Fati and Valverde. Valverde's become a regular for Zidane. I think he's a big fan of him. Um, pretty clear that that he admires him a lot alongside Asensio as well. Who started the last mm. three games. He, he I think he's his first choice on the right side yeah. uh, of the attack and uh, clearly a big fan of him and he's been out for so long so he had a pretty um, pretty good couple of weeks you know uh, in in the Madrid shirt and looks looks to be building confidence and, and getting back to the player that we know he can be as long as he stays fit I think mm. he's going to be a main part of this team because Zidane is obviously a fan yeah Um one of the real positives for me, I touched on it before, it's got to be the young guys that in this fixture they, they did really well. And this is going to be a recurring theme of today's show mm. um, in, for, for, for Barcelona and Madrid because I think we've been really down about the future of Spanish football. Yeah. You just see how, they've been get, how the, the teams have been getting on in Europe and things like that. It's not where it was before. But you look at the younger generation coming through now and this classical was probably the first time you see them all playing against each other mm. you got Des there 19 years old absolutely. He's, he turns 20 next week actually but mm. he's really you know he, he looked totally comfortable there great start for, for him at Barca yeah yep, did really well and he um, came out after the game saying you know obviously disappointed with the result but I had fun you know and that's such a great thing to hear is that I had fun playing in that game there was a lot of criticism towards Barca senior players with Des talking after the game because it was a 3-1 defeat to Real Madrid uh-huh. don't send the kid in who barely speaks Spanish to talk to the press did he not just say to the guy like mm. the guy asked him questions in Spanish like I, I've been here like a week mate. yeah exactly <laughs> so I thought that that might have been a little bit unfair or, or maybe they feel that he was capable of going out and handling himself and, and they wanted him to step up I don't know he's been good he's been good so far like since since he came in from Ajax and I suppose when you're when you're trusted by Koeman who's Dutch as well yeah uh, you'll, you'll get that kind of confidence but you know it's a Barca shirt mm-hmm. big game um he did well yeah but I think it's teaching him about responsibility early on mm. and um, but would the Madrid senior players have done the same I don't think so I think Ramos would have come out or Modric or Casemiro yeah. I don't think they would have thrown the young fella in 
That's it. But who's the captain? About you know they've. Messi's constantly avoided the, the press he doesn't like talking to the press very no. much so he's kind of and because of who he is he gets away with it I think that's Pique's not shy Pique's not shy but I don't know maybe yeah I think it's true perhaps Pique or Busquets who wasn't at his best either maybe they should have come out and spoken yeah. um, they have in the past the Busquets after the, the Anfield game he was the one that came out to the press and stuff like that but yeah. you know like the, after the 8-2 against the Bayern Munich and stuff uh, the, a lot of the big guys well PK came out after that but Messi was hiding again after that so mm. oh, admittedly it wasn't his best moment but I don't know I think it's good to get these these th- this new generation out sort of into the deep end yeah I think it's good um, and it was real baptism of fire and uh, yeah I think I think the future's looking good for Spanish football we have to kind of um, we have to stay optimistic about it Dest uh, came out and said uh, after the game I joined Barcelona to play against the best and uh, that's, what, that's what he's doing you know mm. um, it's, it's Dest real... against the best Dest against the best <laughs> simply the Dest oh Jesus you, you should get a job right for the, the daily record in Scotland <laughs> what, what was the um, what was the paper that, that was uh, the name's Bond James Rodriguez what paper was that oh I can't remember but it was awful probably the sun or something mm. who knows Um Another little thing that I noticed about uh, about Dest, and I'm going to have to destroy his dreams here because he said it's an honour to be the first American at FC Barcelona. He's not the first American at no. FC Barcelona. No. Back in September, Conrad de la Fuente, born Miami, uh, he became the first American to play a first team match for Barca. Admittedly, it was a friendly against Gymnastic mm. with Tarragona. Mm. Um, so Dest is the first to play an official game for Barca but yeah. he's not the first American what so. do you think Conrad would have said to him after those comments oh he would have been raging listen mate Absolutely. I've been here yeah. way before you don't even know who you are mate yeah. look at my record yeah. friendly, friendly match against gymnastics so there you go if we're going to stick with Barca just for a second because we can't not talk about Bartomeu mm. and his uh, resignation were you surprised when this happened not at all no, um, no I think we've been expecting it for a while ever since six board members resigned in April you know it was it was starting to unfold and becoming pretty clear it's been toxic for a long time and you, you've seen comments over the last couple of months the worst club president in the history of Barcelona sure. so yeah obviously this has been coming the players have made it pretty clear uh, on what they think about him as well and I think the, the timing of it might have surprised a few like it, it, it came out pretty late on, on Tuesday night and it was about 20 past 8 here in Spain and all of a sudden there was a press conference lined up and I thought it was going to be a couple of minutes but he spoke for 35 minutes in Catalan so yeah, probably a bit longer than, than we expected but he he then he, he left us all with a um, big statement right at the very end he said Barcelona have accepted entry to a new European Super League um, and kind of left it at that. He said that, that the club have approved the format of of a new club World Cup. And yeah, I kind of just threw that bomb in there as, as he left. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a strange one. Like 20,000 supporters recently voted for him to, to go. Yeah, that, and the vote of no confidence. <laughs> so the, 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 the fans have been, have been sick of the sight of him. They'll, they'll be delighted. I think the likes of Messi will be delighted even against Juventus midweek he looked like a player with a lot of weight off his shoulders yeah probably I don't know might, mightn't have anything to do with Bartomeu but at least now it looks like Messi has won the battle against Bartomeu Bartomeu kept him at the club and wouldn't let him leave for Manchester City or anybody else uh, Messi's still there 
Bartomeu's gone Messi's probably laughing um, supposedly one of the Barcelona players said that let's, we need to crack open a bottle of champagne now <laughs> that he's gone I don't know who said it but the, the dressing room's pretty content with everything that happened I mean uh, the senior figures are all are all against them um, Pique came out recently and said we shouldn't have sacked Ernesto Valverde mm. well not we but the board shouldn't have sacked him he said that it didn't seem coherent to me to sack a coach halfway through the season being top of the table uh, having won the last two league titles so yeah. the players liked them then obviously there was all the trouble with Abidal attacking the team as well so it was literally the senior members of the squad against the board members so this could mean that Messi finishes his career at Barcelona it could mean that possibly Pep Guardiola mm. could make a return I don't know it's um, it's an interesting one and something that we kind of expected Carlos Tuskitz is, is the acting president now and mm. he'll lead the acting board of directors until a new president and board is elected I was thing the whole board, board of directors went as well mm. you know, with, with Bartomeu so it's, uh, it's yeah. been a lot of, kind of turnover there. it's weird because Probably most of the Bartomeu presidency would you would say it'd been marked by sort of stability in terms of the, the managers. You know, the, the, compared to say Madrid, mm. you know, Madrid were going through three a season. Well, Bartomeu up until up until very recently had, had gone through the same in his entire presidency since twenty fourteen. Mm. You know, it'd only been Enrique Valverde, um, Valverde, and you know, and then and then they they basically just the last year's just been mental. Yeah. Well, that's just been totally crazy. But even how to handle the Setien thing. Yeah. Like, they went out to interview Xavi in Qatar. Yeah. Setien knew he wasn't first choice, but he knew it was a club that he couldn't turn down yeah. because he was never going to get a club that size again. He's a 60-year-old manager, so... Yeah. But, like, just uh, the, the PR was, wasn't good, and obviously Bartomeu wanted to, to see out his mandate until 2021, mm. But that hasn't happened. The elections were scheduled for next March, but they're obviously going to be fast tracked now. Yeah, and the, um, the vote of no confidence was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, that was yeah. just like you know he's probably a bit of stress the guy's been under. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he looks like a broken man. Yeah, like, I can't really bother. So not an easy job. So we'll see what happens with uh, with whoever comes in, whoever does get elected. Yeah. Um. Now something that I think that most people will be will be talking about over the next week or so uh, is is the young man Pedri mm. 17 years old he was absolutely fantastic against Juventus uh, in midweek he's played a, played another few games what do we know about this guy because I think probably the game against Juventus for a lot of people listening would have been the first time they'd, they'd seen him play and he was very impressive like what what's his story yeah he was he was fantastic against Juventus, like just like a kid playing with his mates. And yeah. he said that before. He said, "When I'm when I'm playing senior football, it's like I'm playing with my brother in the park." Yeah. Um, seventeen. But what stood out for me against Juventus was his work ethic mm. and his work rate, and just tracking back, helping Jordi Alba on the left side. Um, just brilliant, like the, the attitude that he has. But then when he's on the ball as well, he's he's a joy to watch, and you can clearly see. He's fearless, like Ansu Fadi as well, who's mm. who's only three weeks older than him. Yeah, the two of them are 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 just brilliant to watch because they're they're coming through um, one of the biggest clubs in the world, and like Pedri's after starting the Clasico and against Juventus away, so Koeman obviously sees a brilliant player here. Yeah, um, and he was with Las Palmas before, so he played in Segunda. Uh, Pepe Mel, who was Las Palmas. Uh, boss at the time he basically he said that Pedri reminds me of Andres Iniesta and there's not really a bigger compliment than Spanish yeah. football 
But you, you could see it with his little turns in that, in that yeah. game midweek. Yeah, like he's, he's not the biggest player, but he has a presence for, se- for 17. Mm. Um, but yeah, he became, he became the second youngest player to play an official match for Las Palmas at 16. And yeah, he should, you can just see him becoming like the next Iniesta, David Silva. He's, just, he's got everything about him. And to be handed two starts in a row for Barcelona really it says it all yeah. and he, yeah like he's, he's one for the future but already he's, he's making his mark in the first team um, still doesn't have a driving license he got, he got a taxi home recently from the camp <laughs> now so he's turning 18 soon and he'll be able to he'll be able to sort that out and uh, be a bit more independent but definitely on the pitch he's got plenty of autonomy and he's able to to, to create his own um, his own sort of moves and linking linking the play he seemed to be as good defensively as he was going forward as well. He was really tracking back, as you Brilliant. say, helping yeah. out uh, Jordi Alba and things. I thought he was absolutely great. Mm. I was really glad to see him in the, in the starting lineup because he started the Glasgow and he, he was a little bit absent. I have to say, he, he seemed. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. If, I don't know what happened. If it was the occasion or whatever, but mm. he just didn't really get much of a look in, and it would have been very easy for Koeman to drop him. And I don't think anybody would have blamed Koeman for dropping him. But he, he obviously Koeman seen him in training every day. You'll, you'll know what talent the guy has um, Barca got him for 5 million yeah it's an absolute steal when, when you look at all the, the players Madrid have signed and the massive money that they've spent on the likes of Renier um, Vinicius Rodrigo like big talents coming yeah. in but Pedri was an, was an absolute steal yeah. at 5 million and he actually supports Barcelona as well he said that in an interview with Sport when he joined Barca he said that Barcelona has always been mine and my family's team, mm. so he's a a Barca fan, which which definitely helps. But yeah, it's it's brilliant because you see like Pique, Busquets, Messi, all still good players, but getting older and and possibly past their best. Mm. Uh, Messi was amazing against Juventus, and but yeah, there's no one really in their in their prime there. It's mm. either young lads coming through or it's the the older boys. It's a bit like a transition kind of to yeah. take to take Semione's expression for what's happening at Atletico. I think it's a little bit of a transition at Barca as well. Um it's true there's nobody really in the middle there. Yeah. There? So it's a lot, lot to be excited about. I suppose it's it's a decent week for Barca after losing the Clasico. Yeah. Um within two days they lost Bartomeu and they've won in Turin against Juventus and their their top of group G. So Mixed mixed emotions in the last week of losing the classical, but they've they fairly bounced back. And uh, Koeman said that it was his best performance. Yeah. So far, the the one in Turin that it was it was his best Barca performance. Yeah. Um. And and they were they were very good. I think part of it might have been Ronaldo was out and Messi was like, right, I'm on your patch. I'm going to show you who's who's the best. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Th- there was no there was no Ronaldo, no Chiellini, no De Ligt, and no Alexandra either. So it was yeah. a bit of a depleted team. Morata also had three goals ruled out by VAR, which I think must be a record. It's the most I've seen ruled out for one player. Yeah. That must be a record. Like. Yeah, Samuel Marsden said on Twitter, Morata gets to take the VAR home with him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must be absolutely gutted. Um, yeah, you mentioned kind of mixed emotions. I think the that's been reflected in, in what the Spanish press are saying today. Uh, Marca just in, in Marca, we've, we've two two headlines. I think sum it up. Pedri, the signing of the decade, was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talking about how how good he is, about his background and things, um, and everything that we've spoken about. And there's an article by a guy called Hugo Cerezo, big Hugo Cherry Tree. Therifo means cherry tree, and um, so Hugo Therifo says the he has a, the the title is the dangerous euphoria of Barcelona after beating the worst Juventus in recent memory. 
that's a that's pouring cold water over a, I think a, a fairly decent uh, achievement yeah would they be wrong to get carried away with uh, with that result I, just, I, I don't I, I, I think, think that's been very negative it hasn't been a brilliant start for Barca but the, the performance against Juventus was definitely their best of the season yep that, that pass Messi played to Dembele yep for, for his goal wow uh, like just to, to cross the field ball right on his foot and yeah last week we said that Dembele has changed his attitude and he might get a start and he got a start last night and he got a goal hmm. albeit with like a huge deflection, deflection and, yeah. but a lot of luck that he hasn't had he joined the club three years ago and he's just been injured and... injured the whole time so it was nice to see him getting a break um, even though there has been criticism regarding his attitude and different things but he is he's a very good footballer you could see it at times last night like just his his natural speed he's yeah. got that raw pace and, a nightmare for defenders yeah so I think if he if he can get a bit of confidence he's after scoring 2-2 two two, mm. so that, that'll help him uh, Griezmann just can't buy a goal at the moment uh, he, he was played through by by Messi it was actually a nice move Busquets to Messi and then Messi slid him in and it was just a perfect angle for a left footer yeah. to put it away but it just clipped the outside of the far post and Kind of felt for him because he just he can't he can't score at the minute. But yeah. it was actually nice to see Messi pass it to him for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> maybe could mark a little change. Yeah. So yeah, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the the thing is, I think a lot of these these people who are, are are still a bit down on Barca, a lot of them will probably be probably be the same people that are trying to draw positives from Real Madrid's performance uh, midweek against mm. Gladbach, which they they got a point out of that by the skin of their teeth. Mm. Casemiro with a, a last minute goal mm. they're in a little bit of trouble now because they've got one point from a possible six and they've got into Milan left could mm. they they could conceivably go out yeah in the group stage yeah yeah they could which would be unbelievable for, for Real Madrid yeah like the the kings of the Champions League 13 time winners but yeah. yeah Casemiro saved them right at the end and it was 2-0 in the 86th minute mm. and then Benzema come up with a Stunning volley. Um, kind of he'd no right to get it, but whatever way he leaned over, and mm. um, maybe he's doing yoga with Zidane as well. But he, <laughs> he looked pretty athletic for for a guy in his early thirties. But yeah, it was class finish, and then Casemiro was brilliant throughout the game. But Madrid dominated. They were they were all over Gladbach, even in the opening stages. They were brilliant in the first half an hour. Um, really really good, and I had the confidence from the classical win, I suppose. But Asensio. Uh, was was very good on the right and then he'd, he'd help from Lucas Vasquez who was filling in at right back as fourth choice with Carvajal Odria Sorla and Nacho all injured mm. so he gave, he gave plenty of width then the right but um, they were yeah they were really good and then Marcus Thuram son of French legend Lillian he scored but it was totally against the run of play like Gladbach yeah. probably couldn't believe they were 1-0 up um, because it was, it was all Madrid and then Zidane found himself thinking again here we go in the last two weeks we've been down to Cadiz at half time we've yeah. been down to Shakhtar Donetsk at half time and now we're down to Gladbach at half time so I'm being tested once again um, but he didn't make any changes and Madrid kept the intensity in the second half but then Gladbach got a second and yeah they just in fairness to Madrid they kept going and fighting spirit and Casimir came out after the game he said this, this, is, this is real Madrid when you wear this crest Um yeah, you're you're expected to get three points yeah. every, every time you play, and and we play with the winner mentality. And then Hazard, who, who made his first appearance in eighty one days, he came back in and he looked pretty sharp. And he had a good chance at the near post. He could have scored. 
uh, he said after the game that it felt like a victory because they scored two goals really late on yeah. Um, and, and yeah if, I think that, that point could be crucial and it might help them could get be. through to the 16 or or maybe 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 they won't so yeah it's a tough game Inter Milan next week like you wouldn't fancy coming up against Lukaku no. he could, you'd imagine he would run them riot mm. Mm. so um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, no, it's, a, it's a weird one and if you if you talk to to Madrid fans for five minutes, you realise quickly that the Champions League is the thing for them. Mm-hmm. It, it really is like if you if you compare it to the the ligas that they've won in recent years, you know they really haven't been on it with the league. But those three Champions Leagues that they had um, yeah. consecutively, you know, it, it was that is what they pride themselves on, and they very much think it's their uh, their tournament. There's almost yeah. a sense of ownership over it. So for them to go out of the group stage, that would be massively. Yeah, like a massive thing. Although last year Zidane made the league his priority because he'd won the three Champions Leagues, Barca had won the two mm-hmm. league titles, and Barca had won eight out of the previous eleven. So Zidane, he he was all over winning that league title yeah. last year, and he, he made that his focus because he he'd done his business on the Champions League front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like they're they're the, they're the kings of Europe, and their fans are hugely demanding. But obviously, they want to win the league as well, and um. With that classical win at the weekend, they've already got bragging rights early on. That's it, yeah. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that develops. Like It could be another yet another crisis if they were to, they were to go out there. But I think Zidane's probably the man to... Very mixed form for both clubs. Yeah. Like for Barca. And it's just every week it changes. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a crisis one minute and then you win the classical the next and everything's good again. That's it. So cool heads are needed, I think. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, I think we've spoken enough about the big two. Atletico they scraped by Salzburg they could have actually had quite a few goals in this game but they were they, in the end it was a just a one goal win and could have gone either way really really good game in midweek yeah. for them yeah they've turned it around since the 4-0 defeat to, to Bayern beat Betis 2-0 which yeah. was a good win uh, over the weekend Luis Suarez scoring again and then yeah good good win at Salzburg and, and they needed that because they, they were obviously hammered 4-0 yeah. on, on the opening night so um, two goals from Jao Felix who, who looks like he could be actually getting himself together and becoming the player that we all want him to become mm. um, another another bright spark another like one for the future in, in La Liga as well and then obviously Marcus Llorente who's totally changed his role in the Atletico side he was brought in as a defensive midfielder from Real Madrid yeah. um, and now he's like a, a number 10 yeah. second striker and he's He's flying. He's like a new player altogether, almost like a new signing. So yeah, that goal, uh, that goal against Betis, unbelievable. Yeah. Like he, um, kind of the angle that he scores at, the goalie thinks he's got his near post covered. Mm. But to give you an idea, he beats the goalkeeper at his near at, at the goalkeeper's near post, and it goes in off the far post. Yeah. So it's like it's it's eye of the needle type stuff. A really yeah. good goal, and he he just looks like he's uh, enjoying his football at the moment. Yeah, and he's a, he's a type of squad player that is always just ready to go he, and he'll, he'll come in he'll start the odd game but he'll also be like a, a good sub for Simeone he's a definitely definitely a good player to have around the team um, very very popular member of the squad as well um, even though he's played for Real Madrid but he's um, yeah I think he could be he could be knocking on the the Spain national team door as well the, mm. just the form he's shown and the fact that he's so versatile yeah. can play can play as a number 10 can play in midfield um, he's got, got it all really and he's Super fit, like um, very, very, very fit. One of the one of the fittest players in a squad that's pushed by Profe oh, yeah, Ortega, exactly. who's who's renowned for his his fitness. 
um, and his strength and conditioning work so with he's, Atletico. He's on the paleo diet. Yeah. He any, like, doesn't eat any yeah. kind of processed type stuff that's like... Yeah. He'll eat fruit in the morning and things like that, but he's apparently done it his whole life. Yeah, there's not like a trend he's doing. It's like he's done it since he was a teenager. Yeah, so. yeah, he's it's it's he's reaping the rewards for now. Like he's uh, shown shown really good form, shown form that when he first joined the Dedigo, you'd you'd never have imagined. So no. obviously Simeone playing a role again in the development of players, but it just shows that you can develop in your mid twenties. It doesn't have to be when you're eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. like he, he he's shifted them because. We all know that Atletico have struggled for goals over the last couple of years, um, but they're after they're after sticking three past Salzburg, six past Granada. So, yeah, again, like like Madrid and Barca, we're still trying to work them out. Mm. They're relatively new. Like last year, they were a team in transition with eight new signings, and they lost the old guard, Godin, Griezmann, Rodri went to Man City, and again this season. Still, kind of early doors for a new a new squad yeah. rebuild. It's 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 hard to know what Simeone's doing. What's his best eleven? He's saying now that he trusts Thomas Lamar because he's he's got no choice. They didn't get rid of him. Um, the only way's up for him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he can't, can't get any worse. <laughs> That's it. So yeah. We'll... So yeah, still a mixed bag with Letigo. Uh, I still don't think they have enough to to win the league, but maybe I'll be proved wrong. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the league leaders just now. Real Sotti, that they're top. Yeah. 4-1 win over, over Westgate they've played one one game more than Real Madrid but they're looking good again um, what would what, you make of them so far? Yeah I think looking looking very good very exciting I think David Silva brings a winning mentality yeah. to that team um, because last season like you know very good but they, they, they faded at the end and after the coronavirus break when, when football resumed um, in early summer they, they totally fell, fell apart, apart. Yeah, they ended up finishing finishing seventh and they were they were kind of top four for most of the season but I think that that probably comes down to lack of experience as well like Oyer Thabal is their captain he's only 22-23 yeah. uh, Isak up front really young as well and um, yeah the likes of Odegaard as well so like, yeah, young, young team but Silva will come in he'll be like kind of a player coach almost he's got that wise head in him yeah. 10 successful years in Manchester City won the Premier League so he'll bring that mentality uh, and hopefully they can push on, and I think I think they will be they'll be stronger for having Silva, and, and also for having a team that, that has that experience of last season of yeah. you know they got to Copa del Rey final which still hasn't been played but you know they get to the Copa del Rey final, mm. get into Europe, and they really should have been I think they should have got the Champions League uh, spot last year. But yeah, they, we tipped them to do it, but they just fell apart. Just the break killed them. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a shame because they were they were absolutely flying before Such the momentum. Yeah, before yeah. the break. So yeah. you've got a team that's lived through that. They'll be determined not to let that happen again. Um, yeah. but they've they've also suffered the experience of, of letting that happen. Um, they've already got a goal difference of plus eleven after seven games. Not by there. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive start. I'm, I'm liking the young guy, but in the chair, um, eighteen years old. He's well, a couple of little bits of little nuggets of information about him here. First youth player to be promoted directly from the youth team uh, to the first team without going through the B team since Griezmann, two thousand and nine. That was the last time that happened. Mm-hmm. And he was the youngest debutant since the Spanish Civil War. Wow, youngest debutant since nineteen thirty four. So like he's 
they've obviously seen something in him very early and it was a couple of years ago he got that promotion they have a, um, they have a really good new team structure yeah. they probably don't get enough praise for it yeah that's it and like the amount of players that come through the, the youth squad there I think we always talk about Athletic Bilbao mm. as having the best one there but Southie did use their youth uh, team a lot as well so yeah. Oyer Thabo as, as you say is another example so you've got a lot of local guys mm. but NHS from San Sebastian as well a lot yeah. of local guys that are coming through and they're they're getting the chance to play under Aguasil. And it helps as well to have a, a manager that gets the club too, you know, yeah. that, that really understands the club. So yeah. I'm feeling good about them. Another thing about them is the, the, the strength and depth. Um, it was interesting, like, during the summer, they had a, a few COVID cases and a few injuries. And uh, Aguasil, the, the manager, came out and said, listen, I'm not going to use this as an excuse for any bad performances that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, I've got a good squad here. And I believe that all of these guys will, will put in performances for me. So when it was going bad, he was saying that, and now that it's going well, he has shown faith in uh, in in his in his uh, in his squad, so to speak. Uh, already, there have been twenty different players have started games for Real Sociedad. So he's not just bringing on guys from the bench as a token gesture. He's starting all these guys and giving them experience. He so, was a Real Sociedad youth graduate himself. Yeah, yeah. So he knows the club inside out, and he, he's going to want to blood these youngsters mm-hmm. and, and and actually make it a Basque team yeah. like like Athletic Club as well um, they haven't won the league since the 80s mm-hmm. Real Sociedad so you'd like you'd like to see them push wouldn't you yeah. for something different the, the fact that we've seen all the big guns start so wobbly and they've been pretty smooth they've got a tough match against Napoli coming up in the Europa League but um, yeah, yeah it, it's Thursday just now that we're, that we're recording this yeah. so we don't know what the result is we don't know what the result is yet but that's um, the confidence is sky high you know uh, they could go on a good run in Europe as well the yeah. fact that you said they've, they've got numbers there hmm. in their squad they've got David Silva in as well so yeah it's 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 looking up for them yeah it was one of the keys last season as well was just being able to rotate it and, and most of the guys stayed fit they weren't didn't really have any injuries so hmm. they were probably the luckiest team in La Liga last year in terms of injuries just not having guys out so and when you looked at like I don't know like uh, Marino and and uh, Isaac and uh, your man there that's got Odegaard, you know, mm. like the, the they they managed to stay fit. I know your Thabo, like these guys played almost all the games. Yeah. They, they were they were thirty something games before the break, you know. So they, very young squads that are they are fit for it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of work. Yeah. Last season. Yeah. So hopefully we won't have any uh, lockdowns to to derail their season this year, and we'll we'll see what they can what they can do. Oh, your father was born in ninety seven. How? I started school in ninety nine. When did you start school? I will leave that for another day. <laughs> but he's he's twenty he's twenty three. He's the yeah. club captain. So yeah, it's um, played for Spain as cracking, well. Cracking cracking player. He's he's been at the club since he was fourteen. Your father. Yeah. Also said he wants to stay, which mm-hmm. I. I actually believe him. You know, a lot of these players say it's a bit like when Robbie Keane used to join clubs and and say, "Oh, this, I've always liked this." It's the, always been a dream, a dream to join this club, to join Spurs. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, I think it could be a good year. A lot of people are comparing them to Everton uh, in England this season, but I, yeah. I think it's I'm actually more optimistic about Sofia than Everton because Everton I think don't really have that strength and depth. They've got a great starting lineup, but yeah. I don't know if a couple of those guys get injured, they could maybe go off, go off track. Something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling good about them this year. Yeah. Uh, Granada. Got to talk about them. We neglected them last week because we didn't talk about their the European win, but um, they, they've had a great, great week or so. Cracking week. Yeah. One 0 win at home to Sevilla, and Andalusian derby. Then they went to PSV for their first ever Europa League group stage match, and they beat PSV two one. 
uh, an absolute screamer from Darwin Matches to, to win the game cutting inside on the left wing onto his right foot and he floated it into the far top corner from about 35 yards so great great start to their Europa League campaign and they're taking on Pauk tonight mm. as well so if, if they can get back to back wins that'll, that'll put them in good stead um, in the groups but yeah they're you know Granada's a small club in, in the south of Spain generally they've been down there in Segunda in Tercera haven't spent much time in, in the Primera Division and to see them going so strong especially considering they were in Segunda two years ago and only came back up last year and got straight into the Europa League in their first season back so seriously impressive job by Diego Martinez and yeah then obviously they finished up two great wins over PSV and Sevilla with an away win at Getafe we know how hard it is to be Getafe away from home so that was a 1-0 win on a horrible night in Madrid the other day and um, they managed to get that over the line as well so yeah they're flying again and I, I, as they were last season as they were last season yeah. you know, they started really well and yeah. they, were for, they were first in October last year um, obviously 12 months on they look even stronger they've added the likes of Luis Mia mm-hmm. their midfield Jorge Molina comes in from Catafe and um, gives them experience up front as well and they've obviously kept the, the core of their team so they're they're very very fun to watch and I think they're fun to watch because they're they're the underdog mm. and they're, they're winning these games that you wouldn't have previously expected them to win and just it's just great to see a small club you know 22,000 seater capacity uh, you've got smaller teams with like the likes of Ibar mm. um, but Granada just the fact that they're they're punching above their weight and and they're starting to make themselves established in in the space of twelve months. Mm. It's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going away and beating PSV, I mean mm. that's just that's just fantastic. So yeah, well, good luck to them. And uh, there's no reason why they can't get to the the Europa League final. Mallorca and Alaves both got to the finals in their debut European season. So I mean they both they both lost, but you know they got to the final. So there's no reason uh, you would have been. Yeah, you would have been in primary school when Alaves played in that yeah, final. I was at a cracking final, yeah. I was in primary school. I was in primary school. No, I hadn't started primary school for when Mallorca got there. So I don't actually remember it, but I remember the Alaves one. And I, didn't I was in one. primary school for the Mallorca one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 98. Yeah. Oh, it was 99. No, 99. It was 99. 98, 99, yeah. yeah. Lazio. That's at it. Villa Park. That's it. What a, what a memory you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we're we've actually this is a, a very long podcast, so we should probably round it up here. Any games that catch your eye at the weekend? Not a whole pile, to be honest. It, it really doesn't not. look as good as last weekend. You've got Athletic Club against Sevilla, two big teams, but yeah, not really many standing out. Uh, Real Madrid dig on Wesca at home. Wesca haven't started great since since their promotion. Um, anything catching your eye for the weekend? Celta against Real Sociedad. Just for anybody out there that hasn't watched Sociedad yet this season, uh, I would recommend watching that just to see how they play because they play some nice stuff as well. That's another mm. thing we kind of neglected to mention. They're playing nice football. Packing brand of football. That's it. As yeah, they, as pretty similar to last season. That's it. As yeah. they were last season. and uh, Just Odegaard out, David Silva in. Any match with David Silva is worth watching, Absolutely. regardless of whether or not he starts. You know, he's uh, you, you don't need us to tell you to watch David Silva. Fourth top highest scorer in the history of Spanish football with the, with the national team. There you go. As a, as a midfielder, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, more than De Stefano, more than any of these guys. Yeah, it's many, yeah, it's it's uh, more than Luis Suarez, the sixty four 
player and all that so mm. he's he's not too bad at all so yeah. yeah I would I would recommend that but yeah as I say it's probably not the no real glamour fixtures but yeah Celta Sotia that let's go for that yeah let's go for that okay well uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us we'll be back again next week to talk more about uh, La Liga and uh, and the likes I don't know anything else to add yeah <laughs> don't worry about La Liga we won't have any won't have any Champions League but yeah we'll, we'll have a, we'll probably be back on Thursday back to the bread and butter Thursday and Friday and back to the bread and butter okay well thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll see you again soon adios hasta luego